Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. Hello friends, so trauma, something that we, uh, many of us have had to deal with in our lives, haven't we? Uh, what we're seeing in the veterans community is some people are going, coming, you know, experiencing trauma and um, it's not ending very well. And anything I can do to shine a light on the subject and say there is always a light at the end of the tunnel, you just got to tweak a couple of things, folks. That's all it is. Good days are coming. And of course, this isn't just something that affects veterans, it affects... I, I think there's an argument that everyone's traumatised now in society, aren't they? Um, so I've got a fantastic guest to chat this through. Let's go and meet him. Boom! Rich, how you doing, brother? I'm good, Chris. How are you? Yes, absolutely super fine, wonderful. Probably, if I was honest, I'm at the greatest point in, <laughs> in my existence, Rich. Um, you know, again, I'll just reiterate what I said at the beginning. I, I, I was in, I was in the old proverbial dark place, wasn't I? You know, left the forces, fell on my ass in spectacular style, started self-medicating with, you know, what, whatever, it doesn't matter. But, you know, medicating yourself is something that the, the forces taught us very, very well to do. And, um, and uh, the life that I thought I had, the person I thought, I, I, it just, none of it made sense. And of course, it's all well and good when you're in the forces, because all you got to do is snap your heels together and say, yes, sir, even when you like completely don't mean it. And then they pay you and they give you bed and board in a hospital when you need it. And it's all, it's all dandy. But of course, I get, I, I would say one of the things that's happening here, Rich, is during that time, we we don't, you know, it, it's almost like a bit of a childish lifestyle. You you don't have to develop as an adult. You don't have to learn how to, you know, I mean, you, yes, sure, you pay bills. But, and of course, when you leave, many of us joined up with childhood trauma. That I think that's probably the recruiting pool for the British military is people from, you know, lower echelons of life with lots of emotional baggage. Not 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 everyone, of course, but um you get in Civvy Street and suddenly you realise you're that same person you were before you joined and you, you got to deal with life and it and you haven't got the skills for it. And this is this is why we see people spiraling. And there was me in Hong Kong. I think you can see my book up there, mm. folks, that one eating smoke. Um I ended up chronically addicted to crystal meth. I was literally that mad person. If you saw me coming down the street, you'd cross the road. I mean, I was just in cuckoo land. And um, to make it more um, interesting, <laughs> my story, I was I was working as a nightclub doorman for the Hong Kong triads at the time. Um, so you can imagine it got double really dark, but... I got a few tricks in my toolbox that I also took from that damaged childhood and they, they got me through it into a place where I live in absolute paradise, Rich. I really do. I'm so, so fortunate and it's there for everybody. Everybody listening now should, 
you know, this this is called the journey. And um, thank you, Rich, for coming on and 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 helping me talk about it. Yeah. Well, thanks, Chris, for having me on. Really appreciate it. As you were mentioning about where the military recruits from, it is those people who generally do suffer those adverse child experiences or ACEs and go through all that training. That deepens those trauma bonds and trauma wounds. Yes. And yeah. So when people do leave, they don't help to rectify that. So thus, in a lot of cases, then when people do start to struggle, is from that point onward of leaving the forces because not really sure how to operate in that world of city street. Yeah, the rules are different, aren't they? Yeah, the rules. There's a lot of ambiguity out there. Which, yes. Um, so I was chatting to my business partner Ali and her brother. He deals a lot with autism, ADHD, and all that sort of stuff. And as he's watching. As we were talking to him, he was saying is the military is so good as well for people who knew are different because there's a time and date to be there, the standard operating procedures, there's nothing to be ambiguous about where we can always be quite squared away. But when we leave that world of kind of safety and security, we're then left in a world of what's going on here, what's going on next, not really sure where I belong or how I fit in. Yes, massively. Rich, if you see me looking around, it's because I've got three screens on the go here and I've got people talking to me over here and I've got your your information. I'm showing people um, over there. I'm not being rude. That's right. I have had people say before, why don't you focus on your guest? <laughs> it's like I, I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, do got- say, they do say men can't multitask. And do you know what? That's a, that's a myth, Chris, that anybody multitasks. It's a quick switch of the brain. Nobody multitasks. I can't do it. No. I can't. It's, I a can't job, it's a half-assed yeah. job, Chris. I can't even talk on the phone and mm. someone tries to tell me something. I'm like, shut up, yeah. shut up. I'm on the, I can't, I yeah. can't focus on just. <laughs> one, one thing at a time. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, first off, can I just give a shout out to Finn? Finn's in the chat there. Finn. Thank you so much for your generous donation, which you sent to our PayPal. Really um, incredible. And also, while I'm on the subject, um, Paul and Haley, there's a signed copy of my first memoir on its way to you. I literally got your Christmas present yesterday, and I was just blown away by your generosity. Thank you so, so much uh, for supporting the channel, guys. So, Rich, sorry. Um, yes. So you ser- you served with the Royal Corps of Signals, and before that, the Grenadier Guards. That's right. And how was your your transition? It wasn't the best, Chris. I'll tell you that. So I've done six years in the Guards, just over. Got out, went to Australia for a bit, for back. So I was out for about a year. Didn't really know what to do with myself, and then thought, sod it, rejoin. So I rejoined, and then I rejoined Royal Signals, done a bit of time in there, and again, got out because of a whole host of factors. A bit like yourself, Chris, but not to your extreme. I crashed, yeah, as you did, self-medicating, alcohol, you name it. And with that time as well, so I had to look after my mum who was sick, got my home repossessed, all that sort of good stuff, and still, still having to look for work as well within that sort of time period as well chris yeah got you yeah so we're chatting to a chap who he does some of the sort of work with helping the military transition to civilian street and he says one thing that people don't get told is a kubler ross model where you've got a timeline and then dip 
And that's where all the like the anger, resentment, and all that sort of manifests itself. Come out of that dip, and then there's like a um, steady slope upwards where people then begin to sort of formulate a plan of who they are and, and how they want to be. But this can take, say, anywhere, I'm guessing, between a few months after leaving up to many, many years after. Yes, that's one of the traps that veterans naturally fall into is mm-hmm. is the ego trap, isn't it? And the identity. It is, yeah. You see, um, yeah, it's 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 a tough one to... Well, well, that's what we do, isn't it, Chris? Naturally, is I identify as this or I identify as that. And identity, so my identity is my job. My job is my identity. And breaking away from those identities and beliefs is a whole paradigm shift. Yes, I identify as universe these days and that's it. Yeah, that's good enough, yeah. Yeah, well, if, if I don't everything starts to fail and 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 life starts to become a a drudge mm-hmm. um get rid of it a little bit probably advanced for for most veterans what we're talking about now i mean you know most recently uh veterans who've recently left the service but um it's that thing isn't it it's clinging to an identity of a job you did or a job you probably started 20 years ago yeah or 10 years or whatever it might be um and then it's and then i guess it's not understanding why clinging to that to that identity isn't mm-hmm. isn't working for you yeah and to go with also, also that chris is there's a cutoff point isn't there so you leave you left the royal marines and there was a cutoff point where you probably never had much or very little interaction with the marines at that point so there's also involved in that in like abandonment betrayal trust and you've left the point of safety and you've gone on and you probably felt abandoned and felt left behind because there's nobody saying hey chris how are you today yeah i had a you know a situation like that i mean i can relate to that is what i'm saying i when i left rich i i it was quite funny really i literally didn't look back Mm -hmm. i went out that gate um the rsm wasn't too happy with me <laughs> which is fine it's so yeah. it was all and even that i just saw it's just silliness you know just just silliness and and i went out and i never um i I'm, i was happy about that i didn't want to have any emotional attachment to a job mm-hmm. that i had just left yeah. because i had my whole life in front of me um and it wasn't the it, it i mean i don't know what factor being in that role for seven years had then on my my challenges but um what am i saying a few things happened here but about three years later when i was really unwell really really unwell and i was sort of i was probing for help but i just couldn't get any you know friend friends would turn up they take one look at me and then i'd never see them again they Mm -hmm. they couldn't handle it they were just freaked out um you'd be amazed how many people will just turn their back on you just to have an easy life yeah. um very you know i found out in that period that i had one one friend he, he was just seminal in 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 he met me just at the right time in as my recovery i i was starting to contemplate you know getting my life back together but at one point in that real darkness i remember phoning the the naval base because I had a problem, I had a, um, uh, an, an issue, um, uh, I had a skin problem and my 
and it was completely related to the amount the amount of substances I was taking. But the the doctors had no clue, and they they were mucking me around and did it. So I phoned up the naval base and I said, "Listen, you know, I served for seven years. I've not I've been left sort of eighteen months. Could I just pop in and could you just take a look at the the and um the I heard the the, the I think it was the 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 wren or the what or the um the medic rather on I I heard her laughing at me. She thought she was covering the phone, but mm-hmm. I could hear it, and she was just laughing at me. With obviously the the officer, the doctor was in in the room with her, and and um and um it it made me angry. It just reminded me of what a bloody sheltered childlike existence you have in the military, where everything's taken care of you. You you've got. You, you can afford to laugh at civilians because, oh, you know, you've been indoctrinated to, mm-hmm. to, to think you're on this bloody platform. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I remember it, it got me quite riled back then. And, and of course, they refused to see me. They were like, sorry, you're a civilian now. And, and in that moment, I experienced what you're saying, Rich, that, mm-hmm. oh, my God, we really are abandoned, aren't we? Once we leave, yeah. there's no, it's like, there's just, you, you are literally cut off. Um, and uh and yeah. safety that's pulled away chris isn't it yeah incidentally in case people are wondering what what happened was is i uh, years later people started adding me i i i saw like one marine one or two marines in about 15 years didn't think about the marines it was a bit of a you know whatever and then i um people started adding me on facebook rich and right okay back then you could do this stupid thing you could poke people on facebook mm-hmm. So yeah. I had these like grown commandos poking me and I thought, is that what we've become? So I said, fellas, listen, um, let's stop poking each other like bloody sissies and let's meet up for a pint. So I start, I started a Facebook group and I added like the 20, 20 Marines that were in my city, um, all of whom obviously I knew and I'd served with. Mm. I was really looking forward to seeing them again. I didn't have, didn't have any issues with my service. I just... I just moved, you know, moved on. Anyway, (laughs) I woke up the next morning and there's, there was uh, like 1800 people had added themselves to this, (laughs) to this run ashore, as we call it. And it, and it, it was quite funny. We had, we, we had our big meetup. There's about 350, if not more people turned up. And in that moment, do you know what? I decided I'm going to take the good stuff about, that career mm. we did pass the toughest training in the world the toughest infantry training it's nothing to sniff at it it let let's not let's not do ourselves disservice by by trying to well, well i wasn't trying to forget i just didn't think about it and so i kind of brought a few military aspects back into it which led up to me starting this podcast and if i were honest i i I flash my green berry around more because people are so fascinated with the forces mm-hmm. now um, that it means I don't have to sit in this chair <laughs> watching watching my subscribers disappear. Um, um, Rich, one one step. Could you just talk to the camera? I've got yeah. someone at the door. That's right, Chris. Um, Aces is all about say like uh, neglect, abuse, where a form that may take. And neglect can be about, it doesn't matter whether somebody comes from a really well-off kind of background, uh, but the parents haven't been present, 
to then obviously the other side of things would be where somebody comes from quite a poor background and the parents haven't been able to provide the necessary basics for that child. So the child is then looking to the parents to provide what they aren't able to. And then this can develop into adverse, all those experiences then can build up. And then we take on certain habits and beliefs and patterns that serve us during that childhood. And from then on, we develop those patterns as adults that are necess- not necessarily the best serving for us. So we may then turn to self-soothing, which could be taking alcohol, could be taking drugs, watching pornography, doing anything to the extreme, high-risk taking things, which is then to soothe out those traumas without actually dealing with them or helping resolve them in some way, or or should say in a more of a positive. So that positive aspect could be ways of, say, doing meditation, mindfulness, getting some form of therapy, whether that is through the alternatives, say, like um, hypnotherapy, integral eye movement therapy, or you can use go to the psychiatrist, cognitive behavioural therapy, that kind of thing. Hey, look at what, what what a great show I've got. The guest comes on and, and he has to host it. That's right, Chris. <laughs> you can, yeah. Yes. So yes. I just caught the end of that. Um, Rich, let's get down to brass tacks. And when I talk about trauma, obviously, we're not just talking about service personnel. No. They're, they're just people that are prone prone to it or, or have most likely experienced it. The, yeah. Would you agree with me? Most veterans I meet that are struggling, most of them didn't even see active service. Or if they did, they didn't didn't see a shot fired in anger. That That is not the source of their PTSD or P- yeah. PTS as it's starting to be referred to. It's yeah. the fact that we all got battered as bloody kids by in one way or another mm-hmm. and se- suffered serious deep down psychological damage, which is incredibly hard to, well, I would say it's impossible to eradicate, but it's incredibly hard to ameliorate the sort of symptoms of it. it, it, it it's taken me a while. Um, w- would you concur? I would, Chris. If you're looking at it now, is what, say, 10 15% of all the forces is infantry, isn't it? And the rest is in support of that infantry and doing that inf- infantry job of doing all the war fighting. Yes. Um, it, but it may be worse for people who are back in the FOB or a main base and they get hit by an artillery strike or something. They, because they're not experienced on a day-to-day basis, that may be, quote-unquote, worse for them. But yeah, I think you're right, Chris. And it, also, uh, another thing that I always feel should be mentioned is experiencing trauma as an adult, although it can be not very nice, you're an adult, you have the f- faculties to be able to deal with it even if it might be awful at the time. Um, whereas well, whereas the childhood stuff, you had no choice in the matter. Yeah. You, you know, it's like everyone chooses to join it for you. It's a choice. You're adults. You you made a choice. You've got to live with the consequences. Whereas, you know, children don't have any choice in what they experience in life. It's yeah. it's down to down to adults. So it is. Um, that goes for any event, Chris, is neutral, isn't it? So a pat on the back saying, well done, you've done a good job there. That's neutral. Being involved in a car crash again, it's neutral. It might be horrific, it might be really bad, but it's a neutral event. It's, it's your interpretation of what happens in afterwards of that event, and that's where the trauma comes, if it does come in at all. Mm. We've got a guest in the studio. Hello. 
been a, this has been the craziest podcast I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> got a blooming a cat, a cat, a kitten in it, and uh, and We've got guests coming on. Yeah, and my guest yeah. is hosting the show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you, Chris. It stems back from childhood, and it's all those beliefs, all those narratives that have been forced in into you by parents, school teachers, peer groups. So people may think when a teacher comes up and goes. Well, you're no good at drawing, are you? They have a belief then. They mean, growing up throughout life, they're no good at doing arts or what they expect. What's an art teacher expecting? Michelangelo. Yeah, exactly. And any art is art. So it's yeah, all, exactly, it's yeah. all awesome. And beauty's yeah. in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. I got that. I did some really great art at school, but at the time it all got failed. I did pottery and I came right. up with this unique style of using slabs instead of, you know, the potter's wheel. And anyway. It wasn't until I got to Hong Kong and I was off me nut one night that I started drawing and I realised it's actually, I wouldn't say I was brilliant at it, but it was a, I could do it. And mm-hmm. then lo and behold, I've become a, you know, a, an international writer. Um, so all the stuff they tell you, you're rubbish at school. It's not, it's just yeah. that they're, they're no good. They don't know how to, to um, instill confidence and, uh, and, and love in, um in you it, well it's encouraging that growth isn't it and, that, and it's, that's not being done exactly um yeah i'm um don't get me started on the education system i think mm-hmm. everything's controlled rich all well, of it, it, it it's all been taken over by you know the network of darkness and um they love it they don't want kids to succeed they want them doing sort of tick box exercises that mm-hmm. fragments their minds and compartmentalizes certain things and basis I, I think it's all about keeping people in the left brain yeah. um so they're programmable for the for the for the matrix um but let's talk about solutions because we all many people watching now or probably most people if 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 you've clicked on the thumbnail it is either got some experience of the transition uh leaving the military or in life or or trauma i i say to people i mean there's a few things but it's when you get your life to the point where a you're grateful for it, i.e., you'd rather have a chance at this existence than not, because it's an amazing life. It's like a trillion upon trillion to one shot that we're all here. But when you get that to that point where do you know what? I'm actually grateful to I'm grateful to be here. And secondly, um, and I say this a lot, you stop being the victim. Mm-hmm. And you start being the doer. So instead of letting thinking that life does to you, you embrace the concept of uh uh-uh, uh I, I do to life, you know. My future's whatever I desire, but I have to you know, pick up the ball and run with it. I yeah. I would say those two things were so, that that was the moment where my life changed and mm-hmm. I I really felt the light come into my life. I, I just physically I just, I just knew my problems were over. I mean, I don't mean I wouldn't have challenges. We all have challenges, but I just knew I was gonna, my life's gonna go like, like that, and I had n- nothing to worry about anymore. Rich, I, I, I really felt the light kind of come into, in, in, into me. I'm not being religious enough. I mean, li- physically, literally, I felt like the bloody ready Brett kid, you know, with that glow, yeah. that glow, and I just knew. Hang on, I don't have to compare myself to anyone i don't have to strive for some sort of career all i got to do is be me 
be grateful for it. And but so two, so two things, Chris, is you come across the drama triangle. Yeah, can you refresh our memories? Yeah. So the drama triangle is persecutor, rescuer, and victim. So the persecuting rescuer is I'm okay, you're not okay, and the victim is I'm not okay, but you're okay. Um, we can move between different levels of that within that triangle. But where we ideally want to be is in the karma triangle, which is action, feedback, and outcome. So what action will I take to get this outcome I want? And then feedback is, did I do this well? How will I do this? And what went well as well? And so then we do our best to stay in that karma triangle rather than being a drama triangle. That just sounds brilliant. How, how do people take to it, though? Because... Uh. I, I mean, just again, to use my example, I had to, you know, the proverbial rock bottom, I hit that and then I smashed through about 25 floors below and I, mm. um, and life had become too painful, Rich. It was too pain. Yeah. It wasn't working. All this, you know, self-medicating, it was making me, and when you get to the point where you feel you've lost everything, then all you can do is look yourself in the mirror and say, do you know, I've just got to change. I've got to change. This is not, not, I'm not kidding anyone and I'm not feeling good. But how do people, how do other people get to that point? Because it's all right saying, hey, be grateful. Don't be the victim. Mm -hmm. But it took me this process to get there. And I think that's with a lot of people, isn't it, Chris? It, it is that self-reflection part of going, what's going right with my life? What's going wrong with my life? And what areas do I want to keep and what areas don't I want? Yes. And do people, but do people in your experience get, I mean, when do people contact you, for example, for your services? Is it when they're, they're ready to change or do, do they get referred because they're such a, referred by their family because they're in such a mess? It's when the best results are when people are ready to change, because if they are on that threshold point, Chris, there's no other point. Um, people have, say for argument's sake is, somebody's fed up with their husband husband smoking and they say right i want you to go and see so go and see this chap to stop smoking but that person themselves isn't ready for that change somebody has to be at threshold for that change to go yeah well, i'm here now i'm ready and i need to process this because it's no longer serving me or my family and the community around me at large yes you get resistance though don't you you get people yeah. that are still trying to kid themselves that their behavior is okay they're yeah. in complete denial, mm -hmm. the damage they're doing to their children, to those around them, and not trying to make people feel guilty here, that it's part, a sad part of the process. Yeah. Um, are you familiar? I mean, at that point, when I was a substance misuse specialist, bloody hell, look, we got Rambo in the studio. No, don't you dare. Oh, off the, the mount. Only Robbie Williams is allowed to climb up. Is this copy the almost chaotic podcast so far? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we used to employ something called, um, I can't remember, the, it wasn't motivate. I think they called it motivational interviewing, but we would say to our client, ah, so one set. Yeah. Oh, 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 get out. Sorry about that. Um, no problems. Yeah, we, we'd, we'd get motivational, so... You'd say to your client, so what, 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 why have you come to the, the clinic today? Oh, I don't know. Well, how, 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 how do you mean? Have you got drug issues, alcohol? No. Oh, so what, why are you here then? Oh, it's like my family wanted me to come. Okay. So your family think that you've got drug or alcohol? Well, yeah, yeah. 
so you have got, <laughs> it was you know like like really challenging people and needling mm-hmm. out of them that come on let's just start being honest with yourself and um always used to be the case if someone said they're drinking you know six beers a night you had to like trip triple <laughs> triple that figure and all the rest um but are you familiar rich with the stages of change model no i'm not oh this is like i'm just i'll get a copy up because this is um probably the greatest thing any of us look at you type stages in into a search engine it's the first thing that comes up this is the greatest thing i would say that we can all learn um i'm just going to get it up on the screen dun 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 so this one over here folks so rich i'll just describe to you it's 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 the cause of why everybody changes Mm -hmm. so first of all you have your at the top of the circle pre-contemplation that's your denial i haven't got a problem you know it's it's everybody everybody else and then you come into the phase of contemplation that's your typical I don't know if this is, you know, I'm, I, this is costing me a lot. It's usually financial. This is costing me a lot of money. And, you know, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm waking up hungover every morning. And it's, 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 you know, my health is kind of suffering. And people sort of contemplate, should I make change? Then that becomes more and more determined. It's a really good at that phase. If people see people like me or people like Ollie Ollerton, People yeah. that just reject alcohol. Um, I mean, you know, for the most part, let, let's say. Um, and you see, oh, hang on. There's lots of people giving this stuff up. There's lots of people don't even drink. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, they say their lives are like way, way better for it. Ah, okay. So I'm not on my own here. Okay, I'm going to give it a go. And they take action. And this can be anything. This could be, you know, giving up pot noodles, what, whatever your, your prob- problematic behavior is. And the action, um, you sustain it. And as we both know, it goes on for, you know, it's time limited because as soon as you get a trigger, someone's horrible to you in the office or there's road rage on the way home, it triggers your stress. Boom. The little devil on your shoulder says, coping mechanism, go and have yeah. a drink. Go on, go and have a drink. It's just one. Da-da-da-da. And we call that lapse, don't we? Or relapse. Mm-hmm. And the difference between a lapse and a relapse is a lapse is like it might be one drink or it might be an evening of, you know, getting off your head. A relapse is when you completely go back to the beginning of the circle, almost like the pre-contemplation, yeah. and, and you just lapse right back into the old behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a okay. couple, of thing, couple of things going on here. What conventional wisdom teaches is that if you have a lapse, you failed. You failed. One drinks enough, and two's too, and all all that stuff you 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 hear. Whereas the reality is, I've probably been around that circle about a thousand times, mm-hmm. and it's been a massive learning curve for me. And each time you go around, and you can only go one way, so your life can only almost like get better, and your mind get clearer about what you need to do, and 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 you you become more fixed so i say to people when i'm live coaching you can't go back now you can never go back to being a regular drinker because every time you got that drink in your hand you're gonna go oh i said i wasn't gonna do this didn't i i know why i'm not doing it because it makes me argue with the missus be horrible around the kids lose me jobs 
spend all my money, get very ill within my... Said you can never like take take that back out the person, Rich. You know, so that's the cycle of change. It's a it's an absolutely brilliant way to understand why all human beings change. Yeah, and as you were saying, Chris, is it's a marathon, not sprint. And if you have that trip over on a marathon, you ain't going to go back to the start line and begin that race again, are you? You're going to pick yourself up from that point and then move forward. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and um, if you fall over in a marathon, you've got to try and like elbow Jimmy Savile out of the out of the way. Sorry, my mind was wander- wandering then. Um, now then, now then, um, now I'm really confused. Um, yes, so yes. we're talking um, what works, weren't we? We're talking about what 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 works. What what do we say then, Rich, to people out there now that are watching this and and they're struggling in some area of their life and and. They're on the booze. They know. They know it's not right. I mean, when when you go to the supermarket every night of the week, there's kind of a little clue there that this behaviour is not conducive to good health. Especially if they know your name as well in the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Back again, mate. I almost had my own aisle. Have <laughs> <laughs> my own shopping basket with my own name. Or I make that a shopping shopping trolley. Um, yeah, what do we what do we say to what what are we saying to people? Self reflection, isn't it? So one thing that people can do for themselves is one say starting tomorrow, you can find one thing you like about yourself. Then day after, two things you like about yourself. Day three, three th- three things you like about yourself. Day four, four things you like about yourself. And day five, five things you like about yourself. Then may, you may then ch- change that to one thing I enjoy about myself then one thing I love about myself and then you can scale that up to how you how much you want to and talk to yourself in the mirror about what I really do like about myself or what I enjoy about myself then what I love about myself and is this an exercise you go through with people it is yeah um there's a friend of mine he's he's used he did that with someone and they they didn't have to see him but I say that's going to work for everybody but that does start that self-reflection part where you go right I do enjoy I do like this about myself doesn't have to be anything huge, just a little thing, wherever that may be. It's funny, really. It's the basics of, of esoterics. It's the basis of Buddhism, enlightenment, is look at your life and the stuff that's causing you pain is the stuff that, mm-hmm. that you just let it go. Yeah. And I think as well, Chris, what a lot of people, when they are starting this change, is they do too much of a big step. Mm. So they think, right, I've been watching X, Y, and Z, personality on youtube or wherever it is and they think i need to go and model that person and they take that bigger step and it's too much they fall into that pit again of i can't do this or this is not for me instead of taking that very very small step of going this is what i can be doing today instead of drinking 24 cans it might be 20 cans, and then scale that down a bit more progressively over the weeks exactly i mean i think people are very brainwashed by by the media and the Hollywood films and everything. I think people think that, first off, most people don't even understand what alcoholism is. They all think they're not one. They all think it's like a bad thing to be to 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 admit you've got an alcohol problem where you and I know it's like the best thing you can do is say, I've got a problem here <laughs> because <laughs> otherwise you're, you're in that contemplation phase. You're in denial. And the other thing is I, I really agree with you there rich because i never knocked anything on the head believe it or not i you know i was off my head for 30 years if not 
I mean, really, like, like working and, and, and I don't, I mean, I never was in a dangerous situation, but I'm, I mean, at some point in my day, I would ingest drugs or alcohol. Sometimes the, the the best way for me was all day long, if I was honest, and and all night long, mm-hmm. and yet I travelled eighty five countries across all seven continents. Uh, I became a best selling author. I ran a YouTube, you know, successful YouTube channel. Um, I've run like countless ultra marathons and ran a thousand miles one one time. Um, Learned to got my pilot's license skydiving license all of that with with serious addiction issues um and yet here's the thing i nothing was ever as bad as as when i decided to start cutting it down and getting some control and i know this all might sound a bit confusing but compared to injecting the strongest chemical available on 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 the on the drug scene and doing that you know 12 20 times a day and have completely losing my mental health and living in utter squalor and being so far from getting a career that it let alone getting up on a stage and being a public speaker it 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 was it was dark and all i decided rich was do you know what i'm gonna cut down mm-hmm I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna spend all my money on that. I'm, and that's what I did. And at first, I was able to cut it down to instead of every day, just once a fortnight. But it always had to be that once a fortnight. And then, as my life just flooded back to me, and I got nice clothes. It was incredible wearing new clothes for the first time after three years. Was just I'll never forget it. My family came back and they smiled at me because they were trying to say we're so proud of you you know and and when all that happened and you sign on at university or what then you start going well yeah not every four well every month then you know and it it would be that thing it would have the 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 acting out thing would come over me i'd have to act out i'd have to do the thing go to the guy buy the stuff and then just by wanting to stay on that pathway of self-development it all just went by the by until the last things that were kind of sticking were were the the occasional binge and i realized the two things i that were really messed in fact in fact to be honest it was painkillers were the biggest thing that messed me up and i would wash them down with extra strong lager um and my life got to a point about three years ago where someone said what's holding you back i said can i come back to you on that take your time chris just just Mm -hmm. just i I came back i said listen i got no no issues with my life my childhood all of it's all done and dusted dealt with um i'm happy i've got the, the most perfect gorgeous family that i'm so humbled i do a i've got a job that i just it, it's a gift it's not work and um i can smash out bloody marathons um it's the alcohol and that guy went yes just like that yes and and it was in that moment i thought it is isn't it it just it it it, it is it's that thing that then makes you do all the other bad behavior but and um yeah what can i say in that process of self-development which started in 1998 
what's that, 26 years ago, now got to the point where I just, I live in paradise, Rich, you know? Yeah. I live in paradise and I don't want for nothing. I don't ask for nothing. I don't judge people. Um, it's it's great. And so I just say to, to echo Rich's words, friends, if you're struggling, just little by little. That's all you got to do. Little by little. Just keep working. It's not going to happen in a day. Won't happen in a week. Unlikely to happen in a month unless you join, you know, certain groups and stuff that that force it upon you. Which is fine if you're a parent and and your your life's massively out of control and people are going to get hurt. But I well, was one of the worst. One of the worst things, Chris, is to go cold turkey and alcohol. It kills more people that way. Yeah, if you've got a serious alcohol problem, you've got to cut down on it gently. But by serious, I. I, I, and obviously everyone's different you've got to see your gp about this folks don't take Absolutely. it from me but when i was a substance misuse specialist um in fact you should see a substance misuse specialist a practicing one but you you could get people that were on sort of 12 cans of stella a day and they could just go nah 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 i think it's when you're when you sort of been on the spirits from doesn't even have to be months or years but when you get to a high level of that, I think um, your body has to adapt to it, doesn't it? And when mm. you when you take it away, you know, there's the risk of risk of dying. Go steady. Yes. Can we talk about some good luck okay. stories, yeah. Rich? What you know? What, what? Because you must get people from, I'm guessing, you know, colonels and commandants down to down to, you know, it's mostly worked with. Um the lower ranks, as he might say, the other ranks. Yeah, because uh, they can afford to bloody go private, can't they? Potentially, yeah. But that doesn't mean all those more senior ranks now aren't suffering, because they are. It's just that recognition of where they do fit into that scale of things and who they can go to, who they can afford to get. Yes, and... But, sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. I think a lot of this has to... Or part of it is that the suffering could... Or dealing with it is... Lack of that kind of education attainment, that community network they may not have, that kind of thing. So the less community you have around you, the less support you've got. And less support you have, the more likely you are to fall into something, to find maybe that support group. And then education does help with being able to secure a better job potentially, which then leads to maybe thinking of, I've got more of a secure future rather than going from temporary job, temporary job, contracting, whatever that is, what that looks like, there's not that security, is there? Because you've got to go around hunting for the next job. Absolutely. Rich, was your, did you experience a bit of a battle when you left? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that you did. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Um, that would probably be probably about 18 months after I left. It's important, isn't it? For, especially because servicemen are notoriously bloody stubborn and brainwashed mm. into thinking that they're all macho and all this stuff when really, if you look at their behaviour, it's it's not pretty. Yeah, I did say at the beginning, Chris, so after I left the second time, then it was, what am I doing? I've been kind of like promised work offshore that never materialised, gone through the course that this chap had suggested. And then, as you mentioned earlier, it's just turned to what you know best, Chris, and that's alcohol, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, just go down there, buy the aisle up of the local supermarket and just drink that away, piss it down the, piss it down the pan. Yeah. And 
Rich, sorry, I'm just trying to adjust my screen while I'm talking to you. What what was it that worked for you? What what, what was the change point in your life? Um, that's when somebody so applied for a job, and that's when somebody took a belief on me because I had, uh, if I remember rightly, some applied in that period from about 2013 to 2016, was something like 2,000 jobs, all rejected and all going, yeah, you're not wanted here anymore, cheerio, goodbye. So then when that chap did take me on, there was that kind of self, brought self-belief in, belief back in, being able to, I am a functioning kind of person within society now. So that then started giving me the self-belief of I can improve and I can get better. And I then went on doing an NLP course. Mm. So that's your neuro-linguistical programming course. Um, and then again, that helped. And I, I use that every day, mate, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm terrible. I pick people up when they... I hate people using sissy, faffy language, you know. Mm-hmm. I hate people that... that um, it's like I've had people on the podcast. Says, Chris, I'm a military brat. I'm like, stop that. <laughs> stop labelling yeah. yourself in the negative. Um, oh, I never thought of it. And he's like, yeah, it's 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 to think about. It's all pro. It's all um, it's all programming. Well, that's again, that's going back to belief and identity, isn't it? Yeah, I am this. I know I am that. Yeah, belief and identity, and, and it comes from other people, doesn't it? It mm-hmm. it. What happens is you get these these poor military kids that move from pillar to post all the yeah. time shoved, sometimes you know lived around the world in about five different places all having to f- try and fit into a strange environment possibly learn a new language fit in with different culture or get bullied at school da-da-da-da, always feeling the odd one out and um and uh, off the back of their problematic behavior which is just a representation of where they are in their head mm-hmm. they then get labeled a problem child so they say oh, i'm a military brat and they'll grow up to adulthood still using that moniker um mm-hmm. really important neuro-linguistic programming i think i came across that when i first yeah um, that was started off by um richard bandler and john grinder and um, frank Puselik. yeah i think tony robbins tony yeah. robbins was um yeah, he got taught by John Grinder. Oh, really? Yeah, so he he then renamed it, whatever Tony Robbins renamed it. Yeah, got you. Got you. I've got a picture of me and Tony. Oh. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah, I don't know if you're aware, but the pad, pad rats, they call themselves dandelions because they, you know, when the dandelions go to sea, they just float around everywhere until they find a place. Oh, okay. That's a, yeah, that's, that's, that's prob- is that a good analogy or an ac- accurate analogy? Well, I think that's pretty accurate, Chris. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so, Rich, let's just um, bring this to a close now because I, I want, I'll try and keep this short so more mm-hmm. more people will watch it. So let's just let's just bang out some advice, some solid advice for people that works. Um, I'll go first. Like, be honest with yourself, folks. Mm-hmm. If you can't be honest that you've got a problem in any area of life, you can't fix it. When you're looking at change, take your time. Don't rush. It's not. It, it's a marathon, not sprint. And if you do slip up, start off where you fell over and carry on. Remember, you're a massive legend. Unfortunately, we've all been conditioned in life not to tell people that. We think there's mm-hmm. something wrong with celebrating divinity. We're not. We're all, we're all a... You know, a manifestation of this beautiful universe. And don't ever forget, you're massively beautiful. 
you're hugely loved and there's so many of us out here. We know we, we get what you're going through. You're not on your own, even though it can seem like it at the time. Find a group of people who are supportive of where you're going to. So build if you need to build your own community to build that resilience for yourself and then, then that community just grow like what Chris has put. Be cautious who you talk to, whether that's someone in the medical profession or somebody that you know or an acquaintance not everybody gets this folks it it helps to talk to someone who's a professional because they they know this your friends family all albeit well-meaning all they're going to say to you is you've got to give up that shit just give up that shit just and it it's really not helpful and it upsets them and it isolates you and as i think we've ascertained in this podcast Change don't happen overnight. They've just been watching too many Hollywood movies um, and they're not trained professionals. So unless you've got an absolute diamond of a friend that just sits there and listens to you and, and all they feed back to you is love and reassurance and support, then they're not the right person to be talking to. Um, book, um, book yourself in with someone like Rich or you can come and have a chat with me. Any more pearls of wisdom we've got here, Rich? I think that's about it, Chris. There is some more, but not off the top of my head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, just smash life, folks. Mm-hmm. D- don't be the victim. Let, yeah. let, don't just, just say, right, from today, I'm turning every negative, everyone religiously into a positive. You know, if someone smashed the hell out of you last week, as horrible as that is, just say, do you know what? I'm going to learn by this. Hey, I don't want to be around that person. He's He's got his own issues, isn't he? Or she. Um, but B, shows you empathy, doesn't it? Shows you the person you don't want to be. Ma- allows you to experience the hardships that, that many of us go through in our life. And that that's where you build empathy. And empathy builds connection. And connection connects you to everything. And it's, um, yeah, means you're... Means you're means you're on the journey don't grind you down chris yes that's it yes don't let them grind you down and don't believe the hype (laughs) (laughs) rich thank you and thank you for letting me talk as well because you know this is um i think between us we kind of we kind of covered it all give some shout outs then so i've been showing your um bum 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 i've been showing your youtube channel re thinking trauma yeah, and so transition actually, we've actually renamed that chris to what makes a difference so that's in line with our community interest company okay that's what makes it makes the difference.org is that right yeah that's correct chris so that's in line with our um non-profit that's working with military families and first response families so then we can be proactive in helping them out rather than being reactive rather than like five years down the road when shit hits the fan as it Got you. I've put all Rich's links, um, Rich's links below, folks. Um, so if you want, if you would like to get in contact, just have a look in the description box. Um, on a totally different topic, Rich, is it Stephen Fry that's come out and said the guards have got to get rid of their bearskins? Yeah, I believe so, Chris. I don't really follow mainstream media that much, but from watching a few other people, he has. Then 
there was an episode on QI years ago where he was taking a piss, or they were taking a piss out of the bare skin, saying how ridiculous it looked because they they did try and use um, synthetics back then, but I think it was to do the static. It kept them going up in the air. The static. <laughs> so natural bare skin, which black bears are cold anyway. So they may as well get a source of from the Canadians who are culling the bears, which is part of the life cycle of. Yeah, I mean, well, they eat them, don't they? Yeah, exactly. They yeah. eat them, and um, probably quite tasty as well. Yeah, well, I I stayed in Canada with friends one one time many years back. I was a young marine at the time, and um, I've got a photo of it. One of the guys that I got to know over there. He had two bear skins on his wall, and 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 folks, don't listen now if you're an animal lover. I'm not going to be grotesque, but basically, he'd been out hunting one day, and like the little bloody baby bear had walked out the forest. So he, I'm not going to say it, but you know, and and then then he said, oh, and then the mother bear walked out behind it. So I bagged that one as well. <laughs> and people and their egos, mate, are very busy. Are, I can't think of anything I'd least want is the skin of two innocents <laughs> on my wall. But like you say, they do, they eat, ev- you know, they, they, it, it's all, it's all edible. So who am I to judge? You know, I think what people don't realize is humans are part of the cycle of nature. And we obviously go back in days to Savannah, all that hunting, killing was part of natural part of life anyway. Yeah, we're in a funny place, aren't we? We think we we sort of think we're above nature, and um, yes, crazy, crazy. Right? Can I just say massive thank you? Our chat has been, um, um, our chat has been whizzing, whizzing along. Great people in the chat. Thank you to people like Kaz. You're very welcome, my friend Kaz, who's kind enough to support the channel. So, folks, just a little bit promotion because I'm my own sponsor. If you would kindly consider um, purchasing a copy of my memoirs, they're all on Amazon. And I promise you, if you if you want to go on a journey, you're going to learn a lot, starting with eating smoke, 40 nights, and then state of the mind is how, with no training whatsoever, I ran the length for the United Kingdom, carrying a backpack with all my camping gear and sleeping by the side of the road. Um, If you can do that, if you can support us on locals, Patreon or YouTube memberships um, for as little as one ninety nine, folks, it just helps me to continue to have wonderful chats with people like Rich. And the last thing I have to promote, you might have saw me flash it up. I am rowing across the Atlantic in December with a team of former fighting men. Um, and we are going to, our mission is to shine a light for struggling veterans, although you can insert anyone that's struggling, really. And we're there to show you we all come from dark places. And now we all just smash life and we do stupid things like throwing ourselves in cold water every day. And, and uh, you know, we eat vegetables. We're crazy. We're crazy. Um, but there we are. We're Oceans Elite. At Oceans Elite Row is all of our social media. It'd be great. Get on over there. Ping me a hello and I promise you I will I will reply. And if you can leave a donation, just go to um, GoFundMe. In fact, there's a 
there's a link below this video, folks. GoFundMe.com forward slash Oceans Elite Row. And please come on the journey with us. Well, not literally because there's probably won't be enough room in the boat, but you get what I'm saying. And I'll I'll have to double check, Rich, won't I, that there isn't a cat on board. <laughs> you will. <laughs> you might need to ship some cat, Chris. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I thought I was the Marine and, and you were Army. <laughs> yeah. That's well, right. actually, do you know the 3rd Battalion Grenadiers actually were four, were Royal Marines. Oh, brilliant. Really? Yeah. Well, back in back in the days of the Yellow yeah, Coats or something? The Dutch Wars. Yeah. Yes. 16, whatever it was. Blimey. Rich, listen, stay on the line just so I can say goodbye properly, but for the purposes of the recording, massive, massive thank you. Friends at home, could we please um, get a like and subscribe? That would be really, really kind. Look, just make sure you subscribe to the channel, folks, because we get loads of people unsubscribed by by um, the powers that be. And um, that's it. Legends, much love. Keep smiling. You're beautiful. Reach out if you're struggling and start today because, you know, if you get your stuff squared away, might take you 20 years. Who cares? But you've probably got another 50 years to live af after that. So, boom. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username, Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you.